There's a story inside every smoke shop, with every cigar, and with every person. Come be a part of the cigar lifestyle at Boveda. This is Box Press. The cigars today that are made in Nicaragua are as good or better than virtually any, I mean, they're, they're at par with every other region. There's no region that can claim that Nicaragua is somehow oh, no. a, a, a second-class citizen. No, no, it's, not it's, at all. It's well, you see it on the, who is using the tobaccos, who is putting the name in the brands, you know? There is no single relevant brand of cigars that hasn't used the Nicaraguan last name in their brand. Right. And you right. can start listing them. Right. I just put out a uh, an aging room, uh, that 2019 yeah. uh, aging room Nicaragua cigar that got so much notoriety. Um, I would say 80% of what I smoke is, is Nicaraguan. When you have such relevant companies like La Aurora from the Dominican Republic, or Tabacalera Garcia with Vega Fina Nicaragua, or David of Nicaragua, adding the last name to their product, even right. though it's not my, it's a testament. Well, the legitimacy question is over at that point. Yeah, nobody can doubt that. And, so, and you know, it's, you can see it in the numbers. Nicaragua is the biggest producer of handmade cigars in the world. And 13 of the top 25 cigars in the world come from Nicaragua. Yeah. And this particular cigar, I pulled this one out. I was, was going to match your cigar, but this is a cigar that I, has been a staple in my oh, consumption. Wow. And the Hoya Red. Yeah. So just this basic Hoya Red. Yeah. A super accessible cigar, yeah. everyday kind of smoke. Um, I'm I'm happy to say that I've continued to smoke a lot of your cigars. So I'm, thank I'm, you I'm very really, much. Really honored. Really, it's a privilege. Really it's a privilege to meet the, the the source. Thank you very much. Well, that cigar in particular, it, it's quite special because that was the the first truly Nicaraguan puro. It uses tobacco from the same farm since 2000. Uh, Nicaraguan to the core, and I would say it was the first full-bodied Nicaragua to come into the market before anything else that you know today, back in early 2000s. Uh, and that for us is the cigar that became the benchmark by which many other brands started developing their full-bodiedness, their strength levels using Nicaraguan tobacco. So we're yeah. very proud of that. And I think some of my early swag was also Hoya de Nicaragua. <laughs> I think the rep in our area up in Minnesota at the time was Wild Bill. Um, and he introduced me to the to the Antonio, and he was responsible Wild for me Bill. getting onto. Yeah, you remember crazy. Bill? I, I remember him. Yeah, he's walking guy. around. I've seen him. I haven't seen him in a while. Yeah. He's a great guy. Yeah, he's here. But uh, uh, so as far as the state of the industry today and where you go with the various lines that that you support what's it what's the future hold what's 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 the look from a guy that didn't necessarily want to be in the business now you appear to be quite well i'm comfortable the, the, i'm head into the business now. yeah yeah well just to respond to that point uh, i'm an economist in training and I wanted to do my own thing. You know, Hoya was my father's project, right. was my father's venture. And I respected that, you know, and as every young, you know, committed person wants to change the world in their own way, I wanted to do my own thing. Until I started supporting my father and learning about the impact that the work 
was having not only in the community, in the people, you know, more than four, right, right now we're employing more than 600 people at high levels of employment, people who are learning trade, but are learning English and are developing marketing capabilities and customer service capabilities. Collectivists and industry, we contribute a lot to the development of Nicaragua. Sure. And for me as a Nicaraguan, that's, that's important. But the second part was being able to do this, you know, to be representing a product that's made with a lot of pride, uh, with a lot of dedication, and sell it all over the world, you know, and get to meet people and provide them a sense of, a sense of, um, of pleasure through a product that we make down in Nicaragua. And I have the privilege to have now developed friendships and relationships with people around the world traveling all over the world, selling our cigars in the US, Europe, Latin America, Asia. That's been, you know, I couldn't have asked for a better gift, first for my father and then from life, to be able to work in this, in this industry. And I reached a point in which something that I thought was gonna be temporary became, you know, a lifestyle, like for many of us here. So it's, 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 quite a, it's been a quite a fun Are time. there other family members involved in the business? So my family, Hoya is a family owned and family operated. My father is involved. Uh, he continues to be, not in the day to day, but he continues to manage everything. Uh, my brother is part of the board, but he's indirectly being, he's in another family business, but he participates a lot in the decision making process. So just basically the three of us. What We're a, a small family. What, but what a beautiful company. I mean, that that, that you you and your father have built. This is yes. He, it's his. To be honest, it's his legacy. I have the good blessing to be able to follow up on his footsteps, learning uh, about his successes, his failures too. He's very keen on teaching us when things don't go well and being very cautious on not to make rush decisions. Uh, but most importantly. Hoya, it is what it is because, not because of us, but because of the people who are there. You know, we have people that have been in our company for more than 40 years, 50 years in the company, you know, and we're just messengers doing the work, but the true heroes in this story are the people who are. There's a pattern emerging in the discussions that I've had with a variety of leaders in this industry. The, the deferential nature, the, the ability of people to say, it's really not me personally, it's about them, it's about this collective group. I mean, it's a beautiful sense of humility in the industry and decency and dignity about the work and the, and the, the many hands that yes. go into yes. making the industry move. It's well, when you live in this industry, not work, when you live in this industry, you come to realize that you, we are just instruments through which a message, a product is transmitted, but we owe ourselves to, to the people in two cents uh, because this is a very humane product and there is no product in the world that we've been able to identify that has this quality. Humanity in its core sense, the people who enjoy the product, you know, we owe ourselves to our consumers because if it wasn't by, because of the trust that they give us, we wouldn't be here. But we also owe ourselves to the boncheros, the roleras, every single pair of hands that touches a leaf of tobacco. More than 300 pairs of hands are involved in making one single cigar. So it's inevitable to be aware that it's not a celebrity thing. Your success is not depending on your nice face or your nice name. It depends on a lot of people. Right. Your consumers, first and foremost, 
and then the people who make sure that the consumers get the best possible experience. That, so that's, there's a wonderful we'll recognize that. there's a wonderful parallel between that that testimony and the nature of our business because we're not the star of the show. We're an asterisk on the cannabis business. You show up with these beautiful uh, cigars and they're packed in a one-year humidor bag with a boba pack in it. It's uh, we're we're in the business of accentuating everybody else's experience and if it's not for the consumer that has the aha moment that says oh i i am having as close to the factory experience as these creative people wanted me to have the, you yeah. know the level of freshness yes. the, the level of flavor that well it's interesting that you mentioned that because coming up to las vegas i was reading an article um written by the authors of a book, very popular book called The Blue Ocean. Uh, it's about disruptive strategies in the business world. And they were saying that they came to realize that innovation doesn't necessarily mean disruption. You don't need to change things, but you can enhance them. And Boveda, I think, comes to precisely that. You guys are not changing the way we make cigars. Right. You guys are not changing the way we pack cigars. However, you're making sure that the consumer gets the most of the experience. I am a personal user of Boveda, like at home. I have my, my Boveda packs. I recommend Boveda because I know the quality. And now we are actually using Boveda in a lot of our highest end products because we came to realize that it doesn't matter however, what we do, we lose control once the product goes out of the factory. And between the factory and the retail shop, or the consumer's hands, we lost control absolutely. So the only way to guarantee in a small percentage that we safeguard the integrity of the product and the humidity is using something like that. Well, and I, we're not transferring that cost to the consumer. We're absorbing that, right, so and, we're investing. And, and we understand that because we've had these conversations with the major producers about the our quest is to be in every box and it's, it's economically challenging uh, and, and you, you make a great sacrifice when you include our packs to preserve that freshness. And I can tell you sincerely, we continue to work on programs to come up with a way for us to compress those costs and make it accessible to protect more and more of the cigars. One of the interesting, this is a total segue, but one of the interesting conversations I've had at this show, a number of people have brought up, there's a lot of very high-end cigars coming out, a lot of very um, fancy luxury products. It's beautiful. It's, it's, it's lovely to see. But there's a lot of people that are saying, yeah, but what about the guys in the, and the gals in the lower end of the spectrum? How do we keep making cigars accessible yeah. to people yeah. that are looking at whether they're going to have three cigars this week or three cigars this month yeah. because of the yeah, yeah. accelerating costs. Yeah. So how do you feel about that? How do you see? Well, it, it's, I think there are two sides of, two sides of this. Um, the reality is that costs for manufacturers continue to go up, particularly in Nicaragua. Labor is expensive. Tobacco is growing every year. Labor has grown up because of precisely high demand. And the high demand of cigars means that more work people are working. More people working means that people have the luxury of being able to demand better, better wages. Right. 
and that's something that we've suffered over the past three years. So we too have been very conscious of trying to respect in as much as possible the, the price points. Um, so we are pretty much aware of the, of the challenges. But at the same time, we are part of the groups that are bringing up high-end cigars, but we're also bringing to market the average person's daily cigar. Right. So for example, uh, we have a brand that's the oldest brand that we have. It's called Hoya Nicaragua. We call it the Classico. And this is a cigar that was has been in the market for 55 years. But in the U.S. it wasn't in the market because we decided to focus on a fuller body segment. So we stopped selling it here in 2007. This year we're bringing it back mm. precisely because not only is it an accessible cigar in terms of price point, but also in terms of profile. It is the cigar you can smoke every day, anytime. Uh, a cigar you buy a box, not just a single stick. Right. And it's a, at a perfect price point. So while we are indeed pushing to capture the high-end value, high-value product, we're also working to make sure that our cigars are accessible to the masses. To the that's, that's good news. And I, I would not want to deprecate the efforts to bring out Lux products, uh, beautiful high-end products. I think that's a testimony to where the uh, world is going yes. in terms of the perspective on cigars. Uh, but I have to add something very interesting, and this is a debate that in the, in the case of cigars has been proven to be right. Um, we sell a lot um, in the international markets. Uh, most of our sales are actually are outside of the United States. So we have a very strong position in mature markets like Spain, Germany, Switzerland, and with all the whole Cuban cigar availability and price situation, there's been an interesting proof that while there is space for everybody, by the Cubans making the decision of referencing their prices to the highest possible level yeah. and making their cigars basically inaccessible for a common person. It's true. Uh, those common persons that used to pay 30 euros for a Cuban cigar, with a cola brand, that that cigar now costs 300 euros, the same cigar, are left without an option. But they don't want to go down to a 10 euro cigar because they, in their minds, mistakenly, right. think that this 10 euro cigar is inferior to their previous 30 euro cigar. So there's where the human psychology comes to play. There's a big segment of consumers that are not willing to pay below because they think that, right. it, and it's not necessarily true. Of course, uh, there but are some great- But it's their belief. It's their belief. So, you know, th this is this empty space in which it's actually the consumer telling you that he's not willing to pay below a threshold because he would undermine, that would be undermining his quality of purchase, if you want. And that's happening. That's happening all over the world. What percentage of your sales are through brick and mortar retail stores versus uh, direct or online? In or? the US, I would say about 60% of our sales are. We are pretty strong in, in retail. So that's a but that's a significant amount of uh, direct or or internet sales. That's yes. that's remarkable. Well, it's remember that a lot of brick and mortar now have online shops. Yeah, right? they have grown also sure. specifically, uh, particularly post pandemia, to become very active in the in the online space. 
but about 60% is brick and mortar, 40% is online which is not necessarily the relationship with most brands. Most brands is the other way around. It's 60, 40, some are even 70% online and 30% brick and mortar. So. At some point, as the relationship continues to develop between the companies, yes. we would love to come and document and tell stories from your home, your factory, oh. Your fields. It would be an honor for us. It would to be, share be a, story. a tremendous privilege for us to do that. It would be an honor for us. Uh, the, love doors, the doors are open anytime. Love that. I know you guys have now a representative down there and who's dealing with us, but uh, if you guys want to come out with the group, it would be an honor. It'd to be us. good. I want to come out with these guys and sure. have this this notion of us having access to relationships that allow us to tell a story, engage people in a vision, or engage people in an experience of enjoying this culture, this cigar culture. It's a real privilege and we take it really seriously. I appreciate that, I appreciate yeah. it. And I have to say, you know, I am very keen in recognizing the work that you guys, but also band makers, box makers, that generally are not recognized because the consumer doesn't know who prints the bands or who makes the boxes. Uh, we wouldn't be where we are collectively if it wasn't because of the support of those complementary activities, you know. So it's a good moment to strengthen relationships because, you know, in as long as we continue to grow collectively, you guys will be growing too, you know, and, and you guys have, have a great product that works because there are other products that not necessarily, I remember, and this is a true anecdote, when I was young, before I got into business, I was still in school, I would take my father's humidors and I would arrange them. And I was responsible for filling up the, uh, the humidification with uh, distilled water. In the, in the sponge, in the little sponge. You love that job. I, I used to like it, you know. <laughs> I, I still do that with my humidor. I try to maintain it nice and, and tidy. Uh, but with this, it was like a revolution, you know. Yeah. To have this pack available that's two-way. Uh, and the first thing that we recommend as an accessory for someone who is starting to smoke, like anybody who, okay, I, I want to buy my husband a humidor. What do I need to do? You have to buy the humidor, but make sure that you buy the, 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 the packs too. It's become an essential, essential for cigar smokers and now for obviously for us, for manufacturers. So it all comes down to the love of cigars. Yes. And uh, the opportunity to talk to you is a real privilege. Thank you. Likewise. Do you have anything else you want to discuss uh, surrounding the show? Well, or we the have a bunch of new stuff coming out this year at the, at the show. This is our first year after three years of absence coming back. So it's, it's a privilege to be able to, you know, interact and, and join together with uh, with so many friends and colleagues. Um, but we have like three new um, offerings that we have for the retailers. One is a um, 150 count deluxe humidor that we have for one of our best brands called Numero Uno. So it's 400 humidors that we're making available for the trade. It comes with 150 cigars. And I have to mention, it was designed to be able to use uh, Boveda pack so it has a special compartment to get into the beautiful Boveda. and I'm not saying it because I'm here with you but it's because part of the selling point how do you keep the humidity here's the slot for the Boveda that's beautiful pack. Um, we are also introducing uh, Cinco de Cinco which is a line that celebrates the 55 years of Hoya in Nicaragua uh, and it's part of our Obras Maestros family it's a Mexican San Andres Negro wrapper over Nicaraguan binder and fillers and uh, we also have a, a couple of things, uh, as I said before, we are reintroducing the Hoya de Nicaragua Classico 4, uh, 
uh, club that we have. It's called Club de Amigos, which is a membership for retailers, uh, sort of a loyalty program in which we give them tools, training, um, exclusive items that are not available at any other shops. So stores that we call Amigos of Hoya and Nicaragua are, have access to Classico now. It's about 350 shops around the country that are part of this club. And uh, they have uh, special merchandise and uh, at the end benefits for the retail. So that's part of uh, what we're launching today. So that's exciting. That's a lot. You're bringing, you're coming back to the show and you're bringing a lot. Oh yes, yes. And awesome. we, we couldn't bring more, but we wanted to wait until next year because the, there we are, now we have two, two shows in less than 12 months. So we're going to wait for March next year, April next year, the, for the next show to bring more Well, stuff. if you come up with any creative ideas, how we can support you and be a part of your success at the show, the Thank next you. show. We appreciate that. Let's well, this is, this is part of our success. Yeah. The more people I get to know in the process, the more I come to understand what the real spirit and ethic is behind the industry and it's so encouraging and it's so um the kind of ki the level of kindness that people of long tooth long of tooth in this industry have shown to new brands and new people that are venturing out to try to make their mark and to make their contribution it's uh it's, I've been in other industries where as soon as somebody shows up, it's like, oh, what are you doing in my backyard? Why are you trying to, you know, hone in on my turf? And it's not the way it is. It's, there's a spirit of, uh, a real spirit, uh, there's a real brotherhood and a real sense of... Uh, well, we, you know, we see each other very often. We're close together. We do events together. Uh, we are very close in Nicaragua. We have a very strong community. The Nicaraguan Chamber of Tobacco that gathers together all of the most important tobacco growers, processors, and factories. It's very, very cohesive. Even though we compete with each other, we get along very well. We, you know, we buy tobacco from competition. We sell tobacco to them. So we well, share clients, we share distributors. So it's, it's, it's a big and, family. And you think about the challenges that a Cuban had living in Cuba, leaving Cuba, going and venturing out to do this business in another country or another territory the the Nicaragua has not been free from struggle no. politically over the years I mean none of our Latin American countries have been free from struggle. yeah but yes. the ethic that, that that may be the reason you know the pain of that you know it's everything sort of goes in cycles so you have that difficulty and then they step forward and we call it resiliency right we are resilient people we get thrown down, we do have a lot of suffering, be it because of nature, natural catastrophe, political, social unrest, economic crisis. And one thing that you will always find in Nicaraguans is that they, doesn't matter how hardships, they always, you will always find a big smile and a warm heart yeah. in their homes, in the street, because, you know. And, and an, a, a part of that is this joy that they experience when they spend time together, when they eat together, when they dance together, when they pray together, when they smoke cigars together. I mean, that family notion, that importance of home, and it's it's really it's really obvious. I mean, I, I I'm it's a it's a recurring theme mm -hmm. throughout these conversations. It's really encouraging yeah. at a time when we hear so much and see so much about how 
terrible everything is everywhere and how unfair everything is it's like there's a there's hope in the spirit human spirit well and it, it, it and everything leads up to this you know it does this is a product that has been made to be enjoyed to have a relaxing moment to, to celebrate have a celebration yeah and uh, it's very hard to have a bad time when you're having a good cigar you know it doesn't matter what the challenges are it's hard to have a bad time when you're having a good cigar yeah and Think. uh you know, you can have the best cigar in the world smoked at a bad moment and you ruin it. You can have a very bad cigar smoked in the right moment. It's not going to be the best, but it's going to be a little bit better. You know, that's that's our philosophy. That's a great point. And, you know, the pandemic for all of us that were stuck for so long, cigars were a medium to vent. Mm. You know, I went, you know, I smoked more during pandemia than, yeah. of course, any other moment. And I went over all of my collections of high-end, exclusive things that I had were collecting for 10, 15 years and everybody's cigars. And I, I started appreciating in the midst of that isolation, uh, smoking in a different perspective and then connecting with people abroad via Zoom and doing events and promotion stuff. It switched, you know, I think for us, for me personally, but for us collectively as an industry, even though for some people that went away very quickly, the pandemic was a turning point in the way people enjoy and experience this product mm. and the what and what it brought to them in the middle of those challenges and the uncertainty and the news and you know it was very dark times a lot of people were anxious a lot of people were depressed a lot of people oh, and cigars yeah. were a medium to evacuate all that negativity and just find a moment of peace and relaxation that's a beautiful point yeah not, not a lot of people recognize that. We recognize that immediately. We actually even change our branding strategy. Um, we change from being the most Nicaraguan cigar after understanding the role that cigars were having in the way people were navigating the pandemic. We went down and we, we said, this, this has to change. It, do, it doesn't matter anymore that we are the oldest or the most Nicaraguan cigar. What value does that bring to the smoker? For us, it's great, but to the smoker, what relevance? So we did a lot of work in trying to, uh, and our, our, our ethos is, Hoya Nicaragua is unpretentious luxury for those in the know. We are a cigar that is made to be enjoyed, to be appreciated by those who really appreciate good tobacco, that appreciate history, heritage, tradition, consistency. And that's not everybody. That's why we say it for those no, in the I know. I love it. I love but, uh, it. That's, that's, and that's, for us, the, the pandemic was that turning point because we started connecting. We did, I did more than 120 Zoom events in 2020. Like Zoom herfs or Zoom? Zoom herfs, uh, Zoom tastings, Zoom events, you know, with people all over the world. And their experience was identical. It doesn't matter if they were in South Africa or if they were in Hong Kong or if they were in, in Angola or if they were in, 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 uh, in the Middle East or in Europe. Everybody was living the same thing and this was bringing them together. You know, it was, it was impressive. That's and I'm, I'm really grateful for what the reset and the recalibration that the pandemic allowed us to do. For me personally, it was very important because of my family. I had three small kids and that was phenomenal for me to be able to spend time with them because we used to travel a lot but also the way it allowed us to understand the way particularly younger generations were enjoying and gravitating towards cigars. Mm. We went from 
news reports that smoke of tobacco transmitted COVID, you know, the, the, sure. the fake news, yep. to having an influx of people asking about what do I need to start, what do I need to learn to really appreciate cigars? You know, and young people moving away from electronic stuff to enjoying, learning, appreciating. And that was, that was for us a game changer. Yeah, and not to get totally woo-woo on you, but I think what you've isolated is a notion with this Club de Amigos, which is a promotion for your cadre of retail partners, but it's really friendship. The, 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 the root of this whole endeavor is a, a arena of friendship. Yes. Because these are where the conversations happen, yes. the gatherings happen. Yes. It's not, thank goodness we had cigars to smoke in isolation yes. during the pandemic. Yes. But they're far more intriguing and far more enjoyable. Oh, yes. When they're shared in person. Yes. So. Yes. And, and people didn't want to, didn't want to lose that. And that's why they created this 24-hour lounges, virtual lounges, and people were connected. You go in. And there were people, you know, hundreds of people smoking All cigars just around sitting the in clock. front, around the clock, because that sense of community was important. And you saw it on the, you know, on the on the lives and the social media, and everybody was smoking together while apart, in a way, you know. And we saw that, and that made us change our perspective and value differently uh, our consumers, you know. So yeah. That's oh, it's wonderful. We are definitely going to find a way. To, tell, to continue to tell this story that has such rich history and such a vital role in the development of the Nicaraguan cigar industry. It's just uh, it's a real part, honor. It's not going to be me telling it. You're going to live it there yeah. with the people who are part of that history. Yeah. I look forward to it. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, it's Great a privilege. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.